Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right, daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... There are some movies that hold a special place in your heart. No matter how cheesy it may be, on June 12, 1940, a young girl was born and it was her tragic murder that would serve as the inspiration for one of my favorite movies, Cry Baby. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. In the early morning hours of November 9, 1954, rail yard engineer on a Pensy Express train heading into Baltimore, Maryland, slowed to a crawl when he saw something odd draped across the tracks on Belvedere Avenue Bridge. As he got closer, he realized that, much to his horror, what he was seeing was the body of a teenage girl. Dressed more mature than what was typical for girls her age, the young girl had been beaten bloodied and dumped on the train yard, more than likely out of hope that she would get hit by a train and her true cause of death would be eliminated. Upon closer examination by police, it was clear that this girl put up a fight, one finger broken during the scuffle, and her shoes and skirt were missing, though there were no signs of sexual assault. Probably the most chilling clue, though, was the name Paul written across her thigh in lipstick. Pretty early on, while the victim was still a Jane Doe, Police realized that, though she had been thrown into the train yard, it was not where she was killed. 
So they started searching for her murder site and any other clues and found what appeared to be bloodstains in a vacant lot near a residential area about eight miles from the bridge that she was likely thrown off of. In that lot were her shoes and some other personal items, all covered in blood. Thankfully, it didn't take long to identify the young victim, though as you'll soon realize, the case doesn't go much further than that. On the night of November 8th, 1954, at around 6.15 p.m., 14-year-old Carolyn Loretta Wazalewski left her home to meet up with a friend and register for dance lessons at a nearby elementary school. Carolyn, born June 12, 1940, was, according to her parents, the rebel of the family. She was young, gorgeous, looked way older than 14, and ran with a crowd known to have a little bit of fun. The oldest of seven children, Carolyn joined a gang called the Drapes that was known to commit petty crimes such as car theft and drag racing. They weren't dangerous as far as anyone knew, but they did get themselves into trouble every now and then. On the night that she left, Carolyn was dressed in a hot pink top, black skirt, and still had the curlers in her hair when her family realized that not only did she fail to come home that night, but found out that she never made it to the school or to meet up with her friend. Worried, they took to the streets for most of the night to try and find their daughter, only for the engineer to happen upon her body a few hours later on the 9th. Over the course of the investigation, over 300 people were questioned, most of which were her fellow drapes, but one by one, each was ruled out. One of the only leads that they could find was that Carolyn had testified in a sexual assault case involving a friend of hers, a testimony that took place only seven days before she went missing. The suspect in the case was a man named Ralph Garrett, who lived close to Carolyn and the vacant lot, and who some witnesses claimed was with her the night she went missing and failed to come home to his family that night. Unfortunately, Ralph, while a viable suspect, was found hanging near that same vacant lot Carolyn was murdered in a few days later, and his death was ruled a suicide. According to his wife, he had been depressed since the death of his mother and believed that that was the reason for his death. While many see this as his own admission of guilt, police were convinced that Ralph Garrett had nothing to do with Carolyn's murder. It was all just one big coincidence. So if Ralph didn't do it, then who did? And who was Paul and what did he have to do with the murder of Carolyn Wazalewski? Unfortunately, these questions may never be answered, and Carolyn's case has long gone cold. But while the case isn't active, it is anything but forgotten. The Baltimore police claim they still get calls almost daily about Carolyn's case, leaving many hopeful that it could be solved one day. And not only do people all around Baltimore still remember her case, but her story and the stories of the drapes loosely inspired a young local boy named John Waters to create the 1990s cult classic, Crybaby. Though he was only eight when she was murdered, John was fascinated by her unsolved murder, never forgot how the media portrayed the case due to the negative aspects of the drape subculture, and dove deep into that culture to create the over-the-top characters played by actors like Johnny Depp and Ricky Lake. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 13th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.